everybody, and welcome to another episode of NGI's Hub and Flow podcast. I'm Jamison Coughlin, senior editor of LNG. As usual, I'm talking today from Pittsburgh, uh, where I'm trying to keep up with all the video conferencing as we remain under a stay-at-home order here in my part of the state. Uh, but I don't want to get too far off topic, uh, so I'll tell you that the aim of our podcast is to explore the issues that matter most to North American natural gas uh, and beyond. Uh, today I'm going to talk in a very basic way about U.S. LNG shut-ins and cargo cancellations. Uh, there's been an awful lot of prognostication, and it really seems like everybody has been trying to read tea leaves when it comes to this topic. Um, you know, there's been talk about the possibility of shut-ins since last year when prices started to fall uh, as global supplies increased, but now the COVID-19 pandemic has just sort of blown things out of the water, uh, eroded demand, crushed prices, and made the situation that much worse. Um, another thing to remember is that lower 48 exports are really something new. Uh, they're only about four years old. Chenier shipped the first cargo from Sabine Pass on the Gulf Coast back in 2016, and the LNG market has been changing uh, so much worldwide. So there really is no precedent for the current supply glut and how U.S. LNG producers are going to continue handling it. We all know there have been some cargo cancellations, and we expect some output um, has been shut in as a result, but you know, to what extent uh, is, is really unclear. So I think one of the key points today is that nobody really has straight answers on any of this exactly how many cargos would get canceled, when exactly those cancellations might happen, or how severe shut-ins might be. It's all just unprecedented, and the answers really depend on who you ask. Uh, but I'm going to try to draw on my reporting and give you a very brief outline of what we might expect. So I'll try to answer why U.S. LNG production would be shut in, what it means to shut in LNG production, and we'll also talk uh, about some of the other factors in all of this, and, and what else we should be, what else we should be thinking about. So let's get started and just drop right into context. So why would American LNG production be shut in? Uh, it's it's really fairly simple. Uh, the price of most LNG production in the United States is linked to Henry Hub. Offtakers typically pay an additional fee of 115% of that benchmark. Everything else aside, it also costs money to move that LNG overseas and get it to buyers. Uh, you've got expenses for things like shipping or maybe regasification fees uh, at import terminals. Those are, those are variable costs, and they differ from off-taker to off-taker. They're also generally not easily accessible to the public, so in most instances, we, we have to make assumptions about those costs. Uh, right now, uh, there's a supply glut in the global market that is hitting a significant lack of demand uh, due to the coronavirus. Uh, this has caused gas prices from Europe to Asia to, to crater. Uh, so here's the simple part. If you look at the forward price curve, Henry Hub is trading above or right around where key European and Asian benchmarks are. So through at least the end of the summer, it costs more to lift an LNG cargo in the U.S., 
than it does to sell that cargo in markets overseas. Uh, either that or the price spread between the United States and those other markets is so narrow that any profit is likely to be gobbled up by those variable costs for things like shipping uh, that I mentioned earlier. Simply put, it's uneconomic to move cargoes from here to there at current prices. And you've got to keep in mind, too, that demand has been destroyed and customers might not have anywhere to sell that gas. Uh, U.S. cargoes are also easier to cancel. Uh, supply contracts here are more flexible than those of uh, some other producers across the world. And generally, off-takers have up to 60 days to cancel cargoes, which is why we're starting to hear about these cancellations now. Uh, you know, off-takers were looking at that forward curve, looking at loading schedules earlier in March and April, and decided they were, you know, out of the money for, for June. So, you know, things kind of move at a glacial pace in the LNG market, which I think can make it harder sometimes to uh, wrap your, your head around things. You know, these guys are they're making decisions now for something that is actually going to happen in a few months. So, for example, ship broker Poten and Partners recently said that uh, it expects dozens of U.S. cargoes to be canceled uh, in June. So absent a buyer for those volumes, it's reasonable to think that LNG producers like Chenier or those with capacity at tolling facilities like Freeport might elect to shut in some volumes. They wouldn't schedule that gas for liquefaction, and it would instead have to find somewhere else to go in the U.S. market. So that brings us to our next question. Uh, what does it mean to shut in LNG? And I, I have to admit that when I first heard this term, I thought that an entire LNG terminal or an entire train would be shut in or stopped for a, for a prolonged period of time or something like that. Um, it, it's not like that at all. You know, I've been told to shut in an entire facility would be very costly because you would have to start it back up again. Um, you know, so it's likely that the terminals conduct longer maintenance runs or, you know, they operate trains at partial capacity uh, when, when buying declines. So, so that, would, that would constitute a, a shut in. Feed gas deliveries to these terminals have been up and down in recent weeks. And, you know, some people, uh, depending on who you talk to, contend that U.S. facilities have already been shutting in some LNG production because of the undulation in those pipeline deliveries. So absent verification from the, the LNG producers, it's, it's, it's hard to tell if feed gas declines are due to economic reasons or those related to uh, technical issues. Finally, uh, you know, what are some of the other factors, some of the other things that, that we should consider when it, when it comes to shut-ins? Uh, first of all, I think it's important to remember that U.S. export terminals are underpinned by long-term take-or-pay contracts. Uh, if a buyer elects to cancel a cargo, they still have to pay a fee. So it won't hurt the cash flow of producers all that much. For example, uh, Chenier said it took in $53 million of revenues from fees on canceled cargoes in the first quarter. Despite a drop in demand, uh, long-term off-takers also still need gas. And, and you know some of these guys might not be willing to eat those fees for nothing. Um, it's, it's likely then that spot cargoes, uh, those transacted within a, you know, a three month window or so are going to, um, be canceled. Um, and I've been told that spot volumes currently account for about 10 to 
of all U.S. LNG production. So if LNG exports drop off in, in normal circumstances, another thing uh, you need to think about is you would expect those volumes to hit the U.S. market and take Henry hub prices back down because of the increase in supplies. Uh, in that case, the, the, the price spread between the United States and overseas markets might reopen and make it economic to ship again. But, you know, demand has been hit hard across the world, and that is sort of clouding the picture on what prices might do. Uh, another factor here is that oil prices have fallen a lot. Uh, associated gas volumes are expected to be shut in with oil wells, and a drop in U.S. associated gas could help offset a drop in exports and maybe balance gas prices uh, a bit more. U.S. LNG producers could also find other buyers in the spot market for cargoes that are canceled. So depending on who you ask, prices could still be very low uh, and narrow and traders can still make money because they might simply treat things like shipping uh, and regasification is sunk costs. Those that are, you know, already paid for and, and don't matter uh, on the margin. And, and spot deals are continuing in various regions at below $2 per million British thermal units. LNG production in the U.S. and across the world has also been pretty steady in recent weeks. That's despite the fact that U.S. volumes have been out of the money for a few weeks now by most estimates. So these exports, these long-term contracts, the trading has been a bit stickier than most might have expected. It's It's been more resilient. So, you know, at the end of the day, there just seems to be a, a guessing game in all of this too. Uh, so the, the weeks and, uh, you know, the months ahead are going to be very interesting and, and certainly uh, a lot of things could happen. So I will leave it at uh, that, but I'm looking forward to sharing more news and insights uh, with all of you in the future. Uh, in the meantime, you can visit our website at naturalgasintel.com for the latest information. NGI is a leading provider of natural gas and market data for the energy industry. Uh, if you have more interest in the global gas trade, uh, we also have a new publication called LNG Insight that is currently in beta trial and available free. Uh, head to our website to sign up. Uh, please take care and stay safe out there. Until next time, goodbye. Mm -hmm.